Good everybody, what's up? It is Robet and I am joined by Ed Hyde, uh, big dog CCO at uh, Chorus. How are you, my friend? Pretty good, pretty good. Adjusting to working from home. Yeah, I, I, we were just quickly talking about before how, how is it? You and your wife both do power movie shit. You got the fam. You got chaotic teens running around. How is the how's the energy being navigating with your current workload of bandwidth with what you need to do on a day to day yeah. basis, plus your wife's and yeah. all the kids and shit? What's the vibe? Yeah, so so we've got really sort of two different things going on. So, um, you know, clearly I, I work at Chorus, um, looking after sort of customer and product, uh, and then Nikki's at New Zealand. So, uh, and they're clearly in an enormous amount of stress, um, and sort of add a bit of uh, flavour into the mix. We've got four boys, sort of eldest of which is seventeen, uh, youngest is six. So again, we've got a tale of, we've got a tale of two halves there. We've got the older boys on on uh, Call of Duty and Madden and trying to keep them out of the fridge and so and the six-year-olds sort of you know wanting to wanting to watch sort of YouTube and cartoons and we're trying to get some education into all of them man that's such an aggressive combo you've just got five alpha males running around Nikki's gonna be in flipping <laughs> batshit oh, exactly poor lady. exactly yes um, yes so f for those who don't know I guess a, a little bit about the infrastructure of um of course and what it actually does a lot of people actually don't know some of just the 101 shit give give people just a quick rundown of uh how chorus actually is kind of holding this whole connectivity bubble of the nation by a thread together because I think it's, it's it's good for context off the bat at a macro level yeah yeah. Look. Uh, yeah. Good. Good question. Uh, so, so we, um, we we basically are the major internet sort of provider, uh, fibre and copper broadband provider in the country. So, so we provide services to about 1.2 million customers. Um, you, we don't show up in, in as a as a sort of retail bill that people receive. We we provide wholesale services to the retail service providers. So the likes of Spark, Vodafone, Two Degrees, Vocus, etc. Um, and we work with those guys to provide internet to the country. Um, we've got a whole bunch of uh, government commitments around maintaining a uncongested network. Um, and I guess actually something like this has has really sort of demonstrated how important how important that is. We've we we haven't missed a beat over the last sort of two weeks, and particularly proud about that. It's it's a crazy scenario where you know we, we had um, Jolie and Jason last last week talking about you know the connectivity of the of the nation and, and obviously being an essential service. Rewind ten years ago, the whole nation would have literally crumbled without technology. And yeah. there's got to be there's a lot to be said around even just the the physical infrastructure that you've been able to lay out has been able to not only connect but keep keep publicly listed billion dollar entities trading to keep yeah. the wheels turning people, you know, grandparents being able to talk to their kids, emails be able to be sent, everyone to go virtual. It's, it's kind of, it's, it was very smart for the government to do what they did when they did for not even yeah. just the day like this, but man, if we didn't have those flipping those lines in, we would be having way more issues around New Zealand right now. It's, it's kind of like yeah. not even a blessing, but man, just the, the foresight to, to, to see that coming. You must be, you must be pumped you're on this side of the equation of, of doing the right thing at the right time for New Zealand, right? Yeah. I, I mean, look, this this was a decision that was made 10 years ago by by the national government um, to, to create, um, the, you know, the ultra-fast broadband network. And it's something that the subsequent governments have all, all, always maintained support for. Um, and, you know, I was just reflecting over the last 24 hours and thinking about home here. And at any one moment in time during the day, 
we will probably have somewhere between five and seven video streams going concurrently, you know, whether that's video conferencing, the kids computer gaming watching netflix you name it you know and so it's not just a case of actually one video stream with people sitting in front of the tv anymore mm. this thing's just going this thing's just going crazy it, yeah it's um it has been good because i've said it multiple times now no one ever questioned that the tech couldn't hold up to keep the infrastructure of business operating right no one no one said there's no way you can't do a meeting that hasn't been an issue you know zoom stock has gone through the flipping roof all these different things it's quite it's it's there's a stable infrastructure that's available to be able to keep it doing so how are you navigating the your responsibilities i guess now because you know you're exactly right you're not really seen publicly but you're actually the backbone behind the sparks and the vodafones which enable them to even have any of these services to the public so you're actually the you're the glue that's holding this whole shit together. It's not necessarily the brand because they're essentially, you know, wholesaling it off off you, right? Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I mean, when, when we when we're talking about it as an exec team, you know, we break it up into a, a few simple priorities. So, you know, first and foremost, making sure that our people, and that includes our sort of field uh, service technicians, are safe. You know, that's first and foremost. Uh, number two is making sure that the network is actually performing really well actually during the crisis phase where where we are in lockdown and then and then um step three is about adjusting to this new norm right so Mm. how do we operate effectively with full productivity in a lockdown environment where we've got essential services to maintain the network and really provide internet to the most needy and then we've got a category of non-essential services which we can't do any we can't do for a number of weeks you know whether that's four weeks six weeks eight weeks and so we've got this real sort of balancing act and then if you think uh three months six months 12 months out actually then what does our recovery uh sort of process and strategy look like and rod um you know who's who was on a, a day or two ago was talking more about this sort of upside on the recovery side but for chorus we we're managing the sort of here and now stability with you know with uh, one eye and then we're sort of really thinking about actually what does the longer you know what does the longer time frame have in store for us and what do we need to be doing because that's all it's that that same to have a forced strategic reset for exactly where the different businesses are and their different verticals so you know obviously you've got the, the exactly the one eye on let's keep all the telcos rolling let's keep everything humming at the same time there's going to be this kind of new future how do you see that potentially that i was talking to um clive omra the ceo of les mills um the other day and he said look our um strategy hasn't changed one bit it just got sped up through this whole thing and some people he's i guess on a fortunate side how do you see where the strategy of i guess chorus is going with i guess a decision made 10 years ago has actually saved the nation yeah. today right which is which is yeah. pretty brave so if you were to be brave to the next 20 what where, where do you see that like looking to like if i was because i remember when that that popped out people were like fuck stuff that what what bullshit blah blah and then now they're like yeah. man it's pretty flipping good i can order some groceries online right now so i can eat yeah. you yeah. know so where do you see the future of that that second eye looking to the future of where, where chorus it's not within just the business sector, but actually what it means for communities all around New Zealand moving forward. Yeah, look, um, I, I mean, sort of echo some of the stuff that Clive says. He's a he's a great guy, but for for, for us, um, we, we've all, always had part of our strategy, which is about what what do we do for um, New Zealand citizens that don't have internet access. So people who without connectivity today, and there's about a hundred thousand hundred thousand homes. And, you, you know, I think something like CV19 really causes you to ask yourself, 
actually is that acceptable anymore is it acceptable mm. for for people uh, within the country to not have internet connection and and so you know the announcement that we made yesterday around providing internet to up to 50,000 homes for education purposes for kids without internet is one step towards that but i think there is a sort of bigger conversation which is actually should we be thinking about um you know full fiber 100% connectivity across the country it would cost, you know, it would cost a huge amount. Don't don't get me wrong, um, but so did actually putting telephone lines into every home, you know, fifty, totally. sixty years ago, right? And and so it's at some point you, I think you need to bite the bullet. And similar to Clive, you know, has this just collapsed the time frame upon which we're thinking about this, right? And do we need yeah. to do something in in the matter of the next one to two years? Because usually in situations, if, if it's business as usual, big plays like this are very hard to get across the line for a whole bunch of political, financial, ego, position, power, all that shit. Like stuff doesn't really happen that fast. But in the, it's almost, um, you know, CV19 is given this vehicle of opportunity and in a, in a, in a moment in time where businesses can be way braver to what that future could look like. Businesses, now there's no kind of rules as such of like how it potentially should be done because you're almost creating it as it goes but it's also giving a great backstop to say hey well when this next thing comes like what's actually going to be really important for new zealanders and even just like the that that almost like connectivity as a right kind yeah. of a kind of a thing like i think that it's going to elevate i mean there's already conversations starting around um uh, UBI, Universal Basic Income, Rod was talking about it, and a couple of people were starting to mention yeah. that, um, using it for different ways that, um, you know, Cameron George, the CEO of the Warriors, was talking about yesterday, you know, there should be better horizontal integration and partnerships within within sports as a code for a greater good for New Zealand. So do you think, like, a moment like this is, if you were to go wide, how would you, do you how, how would you sort of structure the priorities of, of the next, say, 10 years for New Zealand um, connectivity and broadband? Like, where, where do you see that? What's the, What would the biggest priorities for New Zealand should be? Look, I... I uh... I'm a big fan of thinking about um, uh, sort of infrastructure investment, connectivity infrastructure investment, really going to uh, the people who need it most. And so that is thinking about, um, you know, ki ki kids who are unable to learn from home. You know, that's that's an easy one. You know, um, families with low income that can't uh, connect to the Internet, you know, another. And sort of thinking about those pockets of the community that actually mm -hmm. would really benefit from, from connectivity. I think... Um, I think the government coming out and saying actually one of the ways in which we'll recover is accelerate infrastructure investment um, is a really clever thing to do to actually kickstart the economy. Um, and, you know, I think their term is looking for spade ready uh, opportunities. I think so they've called it spade, uh, spade ready. Spade ready. And, we've got a, and we've got a lot of spades um, yeah. that have, you know, that have been, been building internet. And, and you know, if, C if CV19 and this conversation wasn't taking place, we would be coming to the tail end of our fiber rollout. Mm. And actually the, our field of, you know, the number of people that we require out in the field would reduce. Now, I think mm. this actually causes us to say, well, actually don't reduce it. Just keep, just keep plowing on. It will drive, it, it will drive um, salaries into individuals, it will keep people employed and it will drive connectivity outcomes for New Zealand. So we're, we're I mean, and it looks, on the one hand, it says, well, of course you're, of course you're recommending more fiber, you work, you work for Chorus, but I, I think everyone can sort of see the critical role that it's playing actually in a, yep. in a situation like this, right? 
Well, there's two parts to it. If it wasn't for you, people would be at home with nothing to do, opposed to being at home and have um, businesses that can still actually operate because they have access to the internet to be able to run their virtual meetings and do the different bits and pieces. It's always, yeah, it, it's it's easy in hindsight, but I still remember the public sentiment when a lot of this started a decade ago um, was not probably the biggest fans of the amount of money that was going into it. And literally, it's like, yeah. well, if you have the infrastructure of connectivity, anything is then possible to be built on to, on top of it. So I I think it's a um it's a good bray, and it, it actually gives a lot of I think there'll be a lot more open and honest conversations with wider eyes higher up the food chain after this. I, 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 I really so. feel that. I, I, I hope so. And, and look, I think, um, you know, these, these sort of inf infrastructure investments, whether, whether it's, co whether it's uh, connectivity, whether it's roads, whether it's hospitals, you, you know, all of those infrastructure type investments, you need to actually start with a long run-up. It's, you know, they're not something that you can deliver in a matter of months. They're, they're typically projects that you'd me measure in years. Um, and I think as a result of that lead time, actually, you have got to be very forward looking. You have got to say, well, where do we want to be in five years mm. time? And you've got to actually start pretty much immediately. And, and I think about, um, you know, the, the, the top end chorus broadband fiber product was the gig. Uh, when we launched seven or eight years ago, and everyone's yeah. going, "Why do you need a gig? Why do you need a gig?" And and now we are seeing about a quarter of all all of our orders asking for that, asking for the that bump product. up from the hundred to the gig. Yeah, the, the the bump the bump up for and 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 people are now going now get it right. I I need it. Which is, and then we've gone a step further with our hyperfiber launch to take us to two gig, four gig, and ultimately eight gig. And yes, we don't expect volumes on that product to be particularly large for the next one to two years, but actually mm. roll forward five years. And I don't think it will, I don't think it will be any, any different, to be honest. Yeah. Also as well with the, the, the rate of technology with, with different bits and pieces that comes out, you know, there's only certain cell phones, which can get 5g and there's only seven TVs, which can do 4k. And then now, you know, at CES last year was a flipping 8k and now the Samsung's doing 8k and all of a sudden people start using these devices and they buy it for those not the bells and whistles, but then if they can't experience and get the full value of it, then it starts to get, pull pressure the other way. So it's almost like you'd yeah. rather front, front foot the demand. And, and, and look, and Robert, there's, there's a, you know, one, one that really sort of warmed my heart is we, we we've got um, a, a, a doctor, a GP that we collaborate with who does online sort of um, medical telemedicine, yep. telemedicine but, but on a broadcast basis. And, and typically she would have, you know, maybe 10,000, uh, people sort of uh, subscribe to the subscribe to the broadcast. That's now at forty or fifty thousand. Damn. Which, you know, and and so uh, as a as a mechanism for delivering those sorts of social well-being services mm. out to the community, you go well. This this rep, you know this represents a step change. Yeah, it's it's just it's escalated so much of different business models and people and community and and even like so many people have been saying already it's like you know do we really need to be going in two hours of traffic for that meeting like shit maybe we just knock this out at home and i'll jump on here because if they've been doing it for a couple months how much different do you think the new world of business will be when everyone gets back into it in a couple months do you think um, they'll bring pull a lot of the learnings across from it like what do you hope to see look i i think it's going to be um pretty pretty pronounced to be honest i think um I mean, international travel uh, for for business purposes will be, to all intents and purposes, gone for twelve to twenty four months. If if I yep. had to guess, and that and that's my personal view, that's not no, totally that's not, not anyone else's. I think it's going to demonstrate that domestic travel. You know, I used to travel down to Wellington 
um, you know, every once every one to two weeks, sort of question whether I need to mm. need to be doing that at the same same amount of frequency. Um, and then I think if you think about your business property, you, you know, do you need the floor footprint that you that you've been uh, used to operating in, right? Or yeah. could you could you imagine a world where that's two thirds to fifty percent of of what you previously had? Um, so it's gonna so it's gonna change it's gonna change mm. sub substantially. I also think it sort of brings um, some challenges around productivity. I I, I think we've yeah. still got work from home stabilizers on. Um, you know, and, and that's going to take, that's going to take a while, uh, mm. to, to get up to the sort of productivity levels that we're, that we've been used to pre CV19. It's so weird. Eh? Cause I never, I've always, I guess, done what I'm passionate about and stoked into and I'm always in it. Right. And then, um, I begin to see other people in their businesses and bits and pieces. And I talked into one CEO and I, I was like, man, you realize like some people like turn up here and they don't actually like really work. They just kind of hide. He's like, yeah, bro. Do you realize like some people don't actually like their job? And I was like, well, why do they do it? Like, I was real like naive. But he goes, look, as soon as you get past, you know, a certain size, it's very easy to hide if you don't actually do much stuff. And so then, and there's one of this other thing I've been thinking about now with, in terms of visibility and accountability, obviously leadership's getting more authentic and transparent and authentic and, 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 and empathetic and, and a bit more soulful with EQ. And I'm like, well, all those shit, employees who were hiding the whole time how do they how are they going to navigate this because it's almost going to be straight yeah. output delivery right it's like i don't care what you're saying and what you're doing you may look busy but what's the output so it's yes. almost going to work for those who are very effective in short time you can i think don't think there'll be as much but then i also wonder what's going to be that wave of like there's still good employees and bad employees what does the new world of hr look like in a virtual world i i, I agree is, you know i think i think um you, you know the, the you know certain business cultures have a culture of presenteeism you know just being there you, you know is is because is i'm here it counts yeah felt felt yeah. like it's a requirement and it and it counts and i think that that just starts to go by the wayside and to your point it starts to become much more sort of out, output orientated i think you know personally um i've had sore ears from having my uh, headset on for, for you know sort of six seven eight hours a day on, the on video. See, that's because you got the are those like some gnarly waterproof i need some cans i need some cans like you Dude, <laughs> over the ear anytime you go more than like two and a half hours it just feels a bit foreign and it gets a bit gnarly mate yeah. I'll, I'll, i won't I'll, I'll go halves with you in a pair of these they're not i won't pay the full <laughs> thing i'm on a i'm on a budget now COVID 19 uh, but no go over the ears mate shit you, you, it's a rookie but, but, it, but what, 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 what where i was going to with that is um it made me realize how much time i spend actually face to face with mm. with members of my team and and the wider organization actually uh doing you know doing business making decisions working through strategies and and um you know that for me, I, I get a lot of value on on being able to see people face to face, see body language, see how they sort of respond. And actually, in in the you know video, I, I don't find VC the same. To be to be honest, I'm, I'm oh, still in the, the adjustment curve. Yeah, no, uh, totally. The um, see, I'm pretty same. Like I can f feel energy in rooms, and you can just sit there, and you can you and especially with certain types of leaders, because you need to see these little things, right? Like where their eyes go, what's their body posture, all these things, especially, and I'm, I'm sure with yourself, it's going to be, you know, negotiations and strategies or, or staff and just all, that whole thing. I'm just wondering if it's, if it's going to be a disadvantage if, if leaders don't have some type of like 2D EQ filter to filter through that. Yeah. Shit, Cause that's going to be tough, man. That's gonna yeah. Be we need, 
we need Zoom to have a, an energyometer and a <laughs> snooze and a snoozeometer. You go, oh, yeah. I'm losing them. I'm losing them. Yeah. And, and yeah, oh, there's going to be so many little um, like group call hacks that come out of this. And there's going to be so many, like even Snotty was saying the other day, he's like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes I, you know, I just have my screen to the side and, you know, I just can twiddle off and do some shit if, if it's not thing. And then now you're kind of locked in. Um, how, how big is, how many staff at Chorus? Like how big is the company? Uh, so, so we're sitting just over just over 800 um, employees today. Um, we've got some additional contractors that work in the office environment, and then we've got a, a pretty pretty huge field services uh, capability, which is generally a sort of service company subcontractor model. And so there's two two to three thousand of of those guys. So okay. so all all up, it's pre- all up, it's pretty significant. The and, um, so you go finish. I was just going to say, and 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 for us actually, this split on. You know, yes, we're a provider of essential services and great, so there's plenty of work to do. But actually, there's a lot of work that we do that is in the non-essential category at the moment. You know, our, our technicians that actually connect fibre to properties, that's we, that's work that we're not doing. So we've seen a significant reduction in the workload going out to, the, to, to those field and field technicians. And that's something that we're going to have to manage through. And it becomes more pointy if level, level four lockdown prolongs and and so it is it's a material you know a material thing that we're working through with the business at the moment with a team that big and obviously there's a lot on the line in terms of deliveries and stuff you're obviously in in contact with the the government pretty pretty often how has communication changed to keep the business operating at the same things like what what is specific like how how are teams navigating with each other how's leadership working down like was there a strategy for that or how are you sort of leading that sort of leadership side of the business oh look look, again um it's an acceleration of a digital strategy that's already been in place you know so we're um we we use we use skype for business uh services today microsoft teams you know trello for agile development you know all of those all of those sorts of things and so really um COVID-19 is about actually how do we accelerate the um, uh, the adoption of those services and turn our mm. people into black black belts, you know, on yep. them and they can get the most. Digital ninja get, shit. Get them, yeah. yeah, exactly. Get the most out of those services. You know, interestingly, agile um, is is you know a lot of the a lot of the um, activities and processes sort of hang around face to face contact and daily stand ups and all of that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And so, you know, even thinking about what what you describe as sort of modern um, software development and or, or product development practices today do will need to be modified and tailored for this for this environment that we're in. Because one of the things I was talking to someone in, a, in um, business last week, and he was saying a big challenge I've got right now is I've got, you know, over 100 staff. I've got to teach these crew what flipping this Microsoft Teams shit is. They they don't even like, how do you do that? And I'm just thinking, yeah. where's the crash course that's giving like employee education so flipping Bruce from Invercargill can knock this shit out and actually be able to see the team and stuff, you know? Like, is there, I mean, there's almost this this huge education gap, but what was really interesting last week talking to, um, I think it was talking to, uh, to Vic Crone and Sarah Callahan, she said, don't look online for it. Look to the kids that are next to you and ask them yes. how to do the shit because they are literally that is their world. So actually embrace and and finally you're going to have these these youth that have this ability to they've got the insights with how this whole world works. So actually like lean into the the assets and the knowledge that actually exists around yeah. you in your own own home. And weirdly enough, you're going to have a you know I was joking a whole bunch of like young kids just you know um putting their parents to blackmail to get their te- their modems to work to, for a bit more extra pocket money because they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
No, look, that's right. And I think, you know, the same same applies at, at work. You know, we, we have pockets of typically typically younger, younger, more technically savvy people in the web teams and development teams who are early adopters of those services. And we're leaning on those guys at the moment to, to actually sort of help, you know, sort of cascade that information and percolate it across across the company. But, you know, equally at home, you know, the kids kids are often more technically savvy than the parents. Yeah. Yeah, totally, um, totally. What do you think the biggest, with uh, connectivity going nationwide, the stuff you've been able to do over the last 10 years, at the end of this thing, what industries or verticals do you think will where the most opportunities sit for those that are brave right now be? Like where do you see some of those sweet spots potentially with those waves of opportunity coming from the commercial aspect for, for New Zealand? Yeah, look, I, th- I think... Um, I, I would be looking. I would be looking at the industries that are actually have been most impacted in a negative way uh, through COVID nineteen. You know, so you think you think about tourism uh, as an example, and you know, to- tourism will recover. No, no question about about it. It it will probably look different to to you know what it looks like or what it looked like two or three two or three weeks ago, and I think. Um, you know, if you if if you've got a, a reasonable risk appetite and have got the energy levels to actually get involved, I would you know I would be saying look for those look for those industries that actually have got significant amounts of recovery to do over the mm. next over the next couple of years, and can you add value? Can you ride that ride that wave? Um, I think that's quite interesting. I, I mean, I'm fully. Uh, sort of into the into the sort of fiber infrastructure piece at yeah. the moment, and we've we've got plenty of plenty of work going on. But I'm thinking in my in my sort of private life with investments and stocks and and things like that is actually where where should I be shifting some of my investments um, to to take advantage of what's gonna what's gonna happen over the next couple of years? And it's actually it, you know. Hopefully, there there are um, some some real sort of benefits and good news stories out of really bad times, you, you know, mm. and 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 so it's just looking for those opportunities. I think a, a, a key will be as soon as everyone start getting back together is actually getting collective brains within certain industries to get in the same room and actually think about these bigger things instead of you know a hundred million monkeys going separately in, in these little silos trying to do the same thing actually have more of a collective approach to some of these bigger macro issues that, that New Zealand has. Um, I know you've got a, um, a meeting right after this thing. I know you got to bust the move and do, do your thing, but um, I really appreciate your time and I know you're a busy man holding you're holding the thread of the nation together with that fiber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And Robert, uh, just a uh, big kudos to you, mate. Um, I'm, I'm loving these series. You're getting some, some really interesting people on. So keep it up. Nah, appreciate it, bro. Anytime, and I'll, I'll see you back for a beer. Me, you, Snotty, and Flippin. The, the gang will get. I won't be in the bike, the same bike gears as you guys. I'm still too fat, mate. <laughs> Well, actually, we didn't nice. cover we didn't cover that enough. The the garage is being converted to a pain cave, and it's getting a lot of work. <laughs> Love you, style. All right, bro. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, mate. Take care. Bye-bye. Later, brother. Peace. The bro, Ed Hyde, Chief Customer Officer at uh, at Chorus. He's the, the man behind the big logs of the telcos, the one that's given them the fiber. He's, you know, the, the secret heavy hitter that's actually holding the connectivity of New Zealand together, which is very cool. Um, good yarns today. Good crew. It's been really interesting. Um, every person we interview 
has got this different little angle on stuff. And as, as these things starts to escalate and, and, and get bigger, there's these kind of same similar threads and um, learnings that I'm finding out of it, which is awesome as well. So I'm, it's awesome that um, you've been able to get some of the um, learnings from a bunch of Bahamis and uh, keep it rolling. So we've got um, a later one at four at four. It's um, Dion Nash, James McConey and Bruce Pilbrow presented by Triumphant Disaster. It's actually just, it's just Dion's show. He's just going to do his thing, but it's actually going to be called thing called Old, Old Rope um, where it's going to be, um, yeah, you'll see it at four o'clock. It's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty cool. Some, some good, good humans on that doing some good shit. Uh, if you think I should interview someone particularly that can help add um, value to you or your business or whatever else, and you think they might be in my circle, I could potentially get to. Feel free to um, let me know. Um, I've got a big mega list which is growing by the day. Uh, next next week we've got a CEO of one of the banks coming on board, so it's going to steamroll a whole bunch of this financial stuff, which will be really interesting. Um, more investors, advisors, startups. Um, board crew, just everyone that's going through this whole shit show um, together. So stay in, stay in home, stay safe. Don't be dumb. Be good, and I'll see you soon. Adios, suckers. Peace.